This week's parsha is actually a double parsha of Bahar B'chukaisai. Right at the beginning of Parsha's Bahar, there's perhaps one of the most famous Rashis in the entire Chumash. At the beginning of the parsha, when it says, Vaidabar Hashem al Moshe Bahar Sinai Lemur. HaKadosh spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu at Har Sinai, saying, and the parsha continues, of course, with the parsha of Shemitah. And Rashi, in his immortal words, says, Ma inyan Shemitah etzel Har Sinai. What is the inyan of Shemitah etzel Har Sinai? Why does the parsha of Shemitah, of all the parshas in the Torah, begin with the words, Bahar Sinai Lema, obviously. It was given at Har Sinai. Why does it have to say, Vayidaber Hashem al-Mesha Bahar Sinai Lema? What's the significance of that underscoring of the fact that it was given at Har Sinai? The parasha of Shemitah, more than any of the other parashas in the Torah. Why does it have to say Bahar Sinai? And Rashi asks that. That quote, by the way, of Rashi, of Ma'in and Shemitah is one which is borrowed quite often uh, in the yeshivish vernacular. Like if you want to say, like, what's the shaykh? That's another way of saying, what's that? Ma'in and Shemitah Like, what's the connection of Shemitah Tarasinai? Meaning, like, what are, you, what, what are you saying? What are you talking about? What's the, what's the shaykh between one thing and the other? What does Shemitah have to do with Tarasinai? And Rashi says, in answer to this question, Just like Shemitah was something that everything was given on Har Sinai, all of the laws of Shemitah, the Chlalah of the Chlalah of Shemitah, the Pratim of Shemitah, all of the large font halachas of Shemitah, all the fine print of Shemitah, the, the simonim, the sifim, the sifkotans, everything was said by HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Moshe Rabbeinu and Har Sinai, so to every single mitzvah in the Torah. The entirety of the Torah, as we have it today, was given to Moshe Rabbeinu and Har Sinai. This is the very, very important principle of our religion that at Har Sinai everything was given. Everything. The Klalim and the Pratim. Just like Shemitah this was true, it was true for every single mitzvah of the Torah. Just Agav Urcha, the Chassam Seifer, wonders, okay, but it didn't really answer the question because that might be true that Shemitah is a model in a sense that it was given in its entirety at Har Sinai, but why Shemitah? Why of all? Why not fillin? Why not mezuzah? Say before the parsha of of Shabbos that Bahar Sinai Lema, and we would say, yeah, just like Shabbos is all the column and the problem that Har Sinai was given, so too every other mitzvah. Why is Shemitah the model mitzvah that's chosen to illustrate and to demonstrate the fact that everything was given at Har Sinai? And the Chassam Sefer says a beautiful chat. He says that if if Chalila v'chas, the Torah would not be divine. Let's say the Torah would not have been given by the Rabbi Hashem. Let's say as some reform rabbis, quote-unquote, and conservatives, let's say it's like they say, that it wasn't given, the, the Torah was not given at, at Har Sinai. It was not, it was not Menashe Shemayim, Rachman Wutzlan, and it was some men, some rabbis back in, you know, back in the, in the olden times that wrote the books of the Chumash, Hasbashalom. It wasn't given by Akadosh Baruch Hu. So, theoretically speaking, you could really get through most of the mitzvahs of the Torah that way. Because I could also, if I, if I want to, I could take off a summer and write, a, write a, my own type of Chumash and put whatever I like in it. And I, could, I could put some mitzvahs in there. Minagim, I could do whatever I want. It's, I have a good creativity. I could make my own religion. But if I was trying to make a Chumash of my own, I could say, put on tefillin, mezuzah, talus, tefillin. I could do whatever I want. There's one thing that I wouldn't dare put in a Chumash if I was writing it on my own. If a human being was composing his own Bible, his own religion, and 
and, and, and expecting people to follow it, there's one thing that a human being could never put in, the, in this Torah, and that is the parish of Shemitah. Why? What's the day I could say? You know, leave the land fallow, let the land remain fallow on the seventh year. Why is that a big deal? The answer is because it's not just that in the parish of Shemitah. Shemitah is not just saying what you're not supposed to do. The Pasuk also says, Three years, it's going to be very difficult for you to make a living. Think about this. During the Shemitah year, you can't plant, you can't harvest, you can't do anything out in the field. And the year after Shemitah, since you didn't plant during the Shemitah year, so you're not able to have any crops during the eighth year. So the Torah says, plant a lot during the sixth year, and I'm going to give you such a bumper crop during the sixth year, but and it's going to stand for three years, you're going to be able to have Parnassa from that sixth year crop. Every single time, whoever keeps Shemitah has this Havtacha from the Torah. Year number six, seven, and eight, we'll have, we'll have tremendous bracha. And this is something that is clearly divinely authorized. Because if it wasn't for a God that's promising this, then my whole religion would fall on its face. If I'm claiming to start my own religion, if I really wanted to make, quote-unquote, a fake Torah, I would not... This would be something that I would definitely not include, because it's going to fail. I'm going to be shown to be a phony... Every single six years, not even Yaival. Okay, Yaival, it's every 50th year, 49th, 50th year. And so by the time, you know, the 23rd year comes around, it's, people forget about the fact that Shemitah didn't really uh, meet its promise. But this is every, every six years, every five years, really. And so the religion would never take root because of this bracha. Well, well, nothing happened. Six years, I planted my crop, it was a regular crop. Nothing happened, no bracha, sixth year, seventh year, eighth year. So what are you writing in the Torah? Shemitah is the one mitzvah that proves that the Torah is divine. Because none other than a God, no one else could write such a thing and guarantee this promise unless you were a God. Unless you were a Vainashayim, you would not be able to write. No normal person would ever put such a thing in because this is going to be bound to trip up your whole religion. And... So that's why, says the Chassam Sefer, of all the mitzvahs in the Torah, Shemitah, and this week's parsha is Bahar Sinai. This was something that everybody can agree is a divine commandment. And just like this divine commandment was given, Bechlau Bifrat, every single Kutzah Shalyot of Shemitah was given at Har Sinai, so too it is for all the other 612 mitzvahs of the Torah, besides for Shemitah, they were also given the Chlal Ubefrat at Har Sinai. And this is, of course, not just a, an interesting fact to keep in mind that all the Torah was given at Har Sinai. This is one of the Rambam's famous Yud Gimel Ikrim. One of the Yud Gimel Ikrim, the 13 tenets of our faith, faith, that if you don't believe in one of them, you cannot really claim to be a card-carrying member of Torah jury. One of the one of these thirteen animamins is animamin bemuna shulema that shekalatayra mitzuyata biadenu the entire tayra that's found by us he anesuna lameisha abenu ala b'shalom there is no nothing that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave to Meisha abenu that does not exist in our Torah today. So if you take all of these svarim that are lining the walls, and this is a, a, a nice-sized library, but it's, far, it's not at all in any way a complete library. If you want to go to a more complete library, you go to um, in Gibat Ram. I, whenever I go to Eretz Yisrael, uh, I stay, for recruiting purposes, I stay in the Renaissance Hotel in, in Yerushalayim. And right across the road, it's like a maybe seven to ten minute walk, is, uh, is, the, is Hebrew University, the Gibat Ram campus. I think there's more than one. I think there's another one in Haaretz Sofim. But this is, and in the, if you keep walking, you go into this university, and you walk and walk and walk, at the end there's a big building, 
and it's the it's the it's the I forgot what they call it the um, International Library of Jewish Studies or something. And you go into that building on the second floor. There's famous stained glass windows there, and you go in, and there's very interesting. There's on one side of this library, there's an Arab studies section of the library, and there's Arab scholars or whatever sitting there. I don't know what they're studying exactly, but they're 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 bomb making something. I don't know what they're what they're studying. And then on the on the uh, on the other side, there's the um, there's the Judaica department, and there you have Kibbutz Goliath. You have um, you have Hasidim and you have uh, these Chilonim scholars, and they're studying and they're talking and learning with each other. It's a beautiful thing. You don't see this anywhere else. They're they're all like on their laptops and they're they're writing their thesis and they're and they're this and they're that dissertations and svarim and the, because it's the greatest library ever. That the problem is that you don't have access to the svarim. You have to know what you want. And then you give them a little card and they go down to their machsan in the basement and they bring it up like a half an hour later. So it's a little bit of annoying, it's an annoying experience because there are other libraries that you can actually go and, and see the svarim and, and, you know, go straight to the shelves and, and, and jump in. But, but it happens to be they have, I don't know, tens, twenty, thousand, maybe a hundred thousand svarim they have. I don't know. Every safer that comes out, they order it. And um, that's a complete. The ones that are, of course, are, are were put out by by people that are right to put out Tiredikas Farim. That's more of a complete library. And all of those Farim, all of those Chidushim, all of those Halachas, all those footnotes, millions of them. All of that was given to Moshe Rabbeinu and Arsina. That's an astounding thing if you think about it. Everything was given to Moshe Rabbeinu and Arsin. It wasn't that he got a little, he got a chumash, and that was it, and now it's a free-for-all. Every single thing that was going to be said in the future, every chiddish, every chakira, every lumdus, every halacha, every agada, every drasha, all of that was given to Moshe Rabbeinu and Arsin. This is one of the ikri hadas. This isn't an interesting trivia fact. This is something that if we don't believe that the entire Torah that we have today was given to Moshe Rabbeinu and Arsina, then that is a major, major flaw in our religious belief system. Our major understanding, our deep understanding and belief of what Yadis is, is that Matan Torah, which is coming up in a, in, a, in a not too long a period of time, Shavuos is right around the corner. What happened on Shavuos? What happened at Maimon Arsinai? At Maimon Arsinai, and beyond, after that, when Meish went up to Makabal the Torah, it wasn't just the Luchas, and it wasn't just a Chumash. It was Torah Shebechsav and Torah Shebaal and all of the, the outpouring of wisdom and scholarship that came out of Torah Shebaal and Torah Shebechsav. All of that was given to Meish Rabbein and Arsinai. Nothing that we have today was something that did not exist by Matan Torah. If you want to see Marmachimus for this, so the best place to look is right at the beginning of Pirkei Avis, on the first Mishnah, Moshe Kibaltaira Misinai, where it speaks about the Messiah of Taira. Moshe Kibaltaira Misinai, the Taira that Moshe Ben Akashimasin, what was that Taira? So you look in the Bir Hagra. The gra is a beer to Shochanarach, and Kedarkai, as the gra is accustomed to with all of his Ksavim. He writes very, very succinctly, very pekitzer. He doesn't write long marachas. He doesn't write, you know, tremendous. It's like Rechaim Kanievsky. If you write him a, if you write Rechaim Kanievsky a letter, and you can have like a ten-page, you know, shaklavitayah shtikel tayra that you're sending him a shaila varta, whatever it is, and he takes time out of his crazy busy schedule to return a lot of these letters. For a while he wasn't. I think he does it still now. If he, I, I used to send him a fair amount of letters when I was a buffer, and back then already he was, he was, and you know, you you basically get like an aerogram in the mail. That's what I got. I have a few aerograms. It's like a whole thing. You open it up. You're expecting to see a whole shlichel diary back from Chaim. It's like nothing, or ulai, or uh, you know, you know, or something like that, or you know. 
tzadakta, something like, you know, one word, and that, like, a whole aerogram is like, oh, there it is, you know, there, there, that's, that, that's the answer. Cain. And he sends it back, but it's very chashev. Obviously, you know, Chaim Kanievsky's one, one letter, one, one physical letter from Chaim Kanievsky is Ayim is, Benayah. Is but that's how the Gra wrote also, very bekitzer. Everything was very meduyik, everything was very, very, he didn't write anything extra that he didn't have to. And so, if you look there, he has all the marmachimists that you would need to find for this concept that all of the everything was given at Harsinai to Meshra Abenu. Everything, the whole Tyra. The first Maramakim that he brings is our is ours that we started t- today Shmuz with. He says that um, that uh Mining Shmita is Harsinai. He says and then there's a Yushalmi and Peya. Rabbi Shubin Levi says that Mikra, Mishnah, Talmud, Vagada, Afilu, Masha, Talmud, Vasik, Asid, Lahiris, Lefne, Rabbi, Kfar, Nemer, Lamesha, Misinai. Everything. Mikra, Mishnah, Talmud, the Gemara, Agada, even the Agadita of Shas. Even something that a Talmud Vasik was going to say before his Rebbe. His Rebbe sometimes asks in Shir, does anyone have a, have a Tarot to this Kasha? Can anyone figure out what the Pnei Yeshua, you know, different tarots of Pnei Yeshua's kasha? And one guy raises his hands and he says, yeah, I think maybe this. That answer that that kid gave in Shear also was told to Meshra Ben and Harsinai. Every single thing, every fragment of the Tyra, every single, every iota that will ever come out of the Tyra, all that was given, reams and reams of information was given to Meshra Ben and Harsinai. This is something that, again, it's, it's a major, major yisayid and yadus to believe in this. He brings another maramakim, the, the gra. Yesh davar shayayma re'ezach adashu. If somebody says, oh, I have a gavaldag achidish. I, I thought of a gavaldag achidish in learning. So you say back to him, meshivay chavera ba'imer lai, you think that's a chiddush? No, the thing is a chiddush. Everything was said already. Everything that, that doesn't mean to say that we should get depressed over that. If I care that you, if some, if you find the chiddush, let's say you thought you were machadish something, and you see that it's uh, really the Pnei Yeshua says it, or the Rashbos or Ritva says it, or uh, an Akron says it. So he's oh shoot, I thought it was my own. You should be very happy if you are machaving to a Pnei Yeshua. If you are machaving to a to a Pnei Shleimah, if you're a Mechavin to a Rebuchanan, that means that that's pretty good. Don't be depressed, you should make a Kiddush. It's a wonderful thing, it's amazing. You were, you were Mechav, with our puny brains, that we were able to come to the same Hachlata, to the same Kiddush as Rebuchanan. Or Gifter once wrote a letter to a Talmud, a Talmud wrote him a, uh, a, a letter with a, saying that uh, he thinks he has a, a Kasha, he thinks he has a Teretz to a kasha that the Ketzais asked. Ketzais asked a question, I don't know, maybe blind by its Tzarechian, and this Bacher says, I think I have a Teretz to Ketzais' kasha. So, Rav Gifter, you, you think Rav Gifter would mamish hug the guy, kiss the guy, you know, it's amazing, Kim Chizuk, he writes the following letter back to this boy. He says, he says, he says, let me understand something. Do you know how the Ketzais wrote his Sefer? He says, the Ktsais, I spoke about this at Shalashudas and Dar Golding, the Ktsais, I'm, I'm saying, they're not, not regifted. Um, he said that, that the Ktsais was so poor, he learned with such dachkos that he had no heat in his, he had, couldn't afford firewood for his stove and his ha- So in order to write the, the Ktsais, he had to write it underneath blankets because otherwise the ink in the little inkwell that they used to dip their quill into would freeze. The only way, it was so freezing cold in his house, in his apartment, in his, wherever he was, I don't know where he was, but he was very poor, he couldn't afford anything there. The way, and, and so he had to write it to Dachlis, with such poverty, grinding poverty, that he couldn't afford, he had sheets over his head, writing the Ksais, you can imagine such a thing. And he says, and you, you American Bacher, who, who's busy 
growing up eating strawberry shortcake. This is his lashon. You grew up eating strawberry shortcake. You think that you have a teretz to the ketzis kasha? The ketzis fly by its arachin, and you, with you American bacha, with your strawberry shortcake, you think you came up with a teretz for the ketzis kasha that the ketzis didn't think of? He says, go back, learn the sugya all over again, and try to figure out why your kasha, is, why your teretz is absolutely nothing. That's, you obviously didn't learn the sugya right, because if you would have learned the sugya right, it's not shy that you could come up with a tarot that the Ksais didn't come up with. You with your American bucker, with you and a strawberry short. So if you, if you're mechavin to a, to a Ksais, if you're mechavin to a Nesivas, if you're mechavin to, to a Chasam Seifer, to a Kivager, that's huge. That's not a little thing. It's like, shoot, I thought it was my own. Okay, fine. I to, let's go back to the, to, to the drawing board and try to come up with something creative for a change. Everything. Everything was said, but that's, that's great. If you're able to find a mahalach in your brain that's on the same track as, as the G'dayla that's a very big thing. But everything really, in a sense, there, technically there's no such thing as a chiddish, in a sense, because everything that is true in Tyra, everything that was, that was a part of Tyra was already given at Harsinai. Nothing is really, really new. It is and it isn't. There's another Chazal that says, There's no such thing in this world as something new under the sun. But Lamailam and Hashemesh Chazal say, if it's above the sun, meaning in Ruchdistika matters, there you can find Kiddushim. But, so it's a Chiddush, but it's not such, everything was given at Hasinai. Everything that we could ever be Mechadish was given at Hasinai. That's a good thing. But, that's the way it is. Everything was given at Hashinah. This is a major Yisait in Tyra. Now there's one problem with this concept, with this notion that the entirety of Tyra was given to Meshra bin and Hashinah, and it's a Gemara Munachis. The Gemara Munachis on Dav Chavtesam at Beis, Amr of Yehuda Marav, a very, very odd Gemara. The Shah Sha'Allah Meshra Lamarim. Meshra bin goes up on Hashinah. He goes up Lamarim on high. He goes up and he finds Kaviyachal Akadishbarhu sitting and attaching Kisarim Laisis. Meaning, if you look on the letters in, in, in the Sefer Torah, there's something called Tagin. Tagin are those little nice ornamental lines that come up, crowns, they call it. And there, there's some, some of them are just one line, some of them are three lines. Shatnis Gats, Shin, Ayin, Tes, Nun, Zayin, Gimel, Tadi, those are the letters that have the three, three, whatever the word is, three pronged crowns. Special letters, special crowns. I could have who is writing those. As he was preparing the Torah to be given to Meish Rabbeinu, he put these special tagin. He was kaisher tsarim oisius. He was attaching, whatever this means, he was attaching crowns to every one of those letters, as represented by the tagin that appear in our Sifrei Torah. So, Amar Lefonov, so Meish Rabbeinu asks as he's watching him do this, Mi who is pushing you to do this? Like, why are you doing this? What's the point? Why are you putting all of these these tagging on top of the ISIS? Amr late, Sakarishbach responds to Meshra Abenu. Adam Echad Yesh. There is a certain individual. Sha'asid Liyas Besaif Kamadayas. After several generations from now, there is going to be a great man. The Akiva ben Yasef Shemay. His name is Akiva ben Yasef. The famous Rabbi Akiva. Sha'asid Lidrash al Kalkaitz the Kites, Tilin Tilin Shalalachis. On every single one of these crowns, Rabbi Akiva is going to make his life's mission to be able to darshan every single one of these crowns. Now we don't have a Messiah for darshan these crowns. We don't know what to do with them. They just—they look nice on the tire. They're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're enhancing the beauty of the tire for us. But 
in terms of knowing if there's a, a crown on a gimel or a crown on a, on, a, on a test or whatever, or one crown on a yud, we, we know what that means. But Rabbi Akiva did. Rabbi Akiva sat and darshaned every single one of these millions of crowns of the Torah. That was Rabbi Akiva's life mission. It's interesting. We have a similar Gemara with Shimonam Sunni. Shimonam Sunni, the Gemara Sachem, also had a life mission to, to darshan every word Esh in the Torah. That's also a very big, big job. You have to roll up your sleeves and, 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 and work on that. Just in the first Pasuk of Horatius Barley Kim, Es HaShemayim, Es you got a big job just in the first Pasuk, two S's. And then you got to go through, I don't know, you do a search, how many, words, how many times the word S appears in the Torah? I would venture to say a couple hundred thousand at least. But, is that true? I don't know. A hundred thousand letters? I don't know. But whatever. So, but there's many, many words S in the Torah. And Rabbi, and Rabbi Shimonam Sunni went and he darshaned every single word S, what it's going to be marba. What is going to be marba. I know I'm going to get emails from this, and you know, with people telling me exactly how there's one person that, right, every time I make a mistake in a shmooze, He's right on top of me. He tells me exactly what I said wrong. So I'm sure I'm going to get many emails from South Africa, from England. There's 65,384 things, not hundreds of thousands. Oh, you're wrong. Okay. I'm wrong. There we go. What? I'm sorry? 8,000 words. 80,000 words. Okay, so I'm wrong. Okay, it's clear that I'm wrong. Once again. So, um... So, but there's how many word, How many times the word S appear in the Torah? Well, that I don't know. I just know from that part. Okay. Okay. Very good. So, this is the Sir Shimon Amsuni Darshan. All of these. Uh, words in the Torah until he got up to the parish of Es Hashem, the passing of Es Hashem Lekafatiro. Es Hashem Lekafatiro, he stopped. And he already went, he already had like a safer like this big, like maybe a 10 volume, like a Stechemet. He already had like 18 volumes of Chidushim that was going to be published. He had a, every single word S, he had a drush on. And he got up to the passing of Es Hashem Lekafatiro and he says, whoa. I don't know what that word means. S, Hashem Lekafatira, no idea. No idea. So he said, you know what? I'm scrapping my whole project, my whole thesis, my whole dissertation, shelving it, Seamus, Gniza, not doing it. Atsheba Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva came along and says, no, no problem. But Hashem Lekafatira, S is L'Rabbe Samidya Kachamim. Not only do you have to fear God, you have to fear Tamil Chacham. And that's the Gemara. So, Rav Gifter asks the question, um, he quotes it from, from, the, uh, from a, a Sefer, Takanas Ezra. And it's a beautiful Tasha. He says, like, what? Well, I don't understand. Obviously, Shimonam Sunni was. was was quite good at darshaning things. If he, was, if he got up to that point in the Torah, which is pretty deep into the Torah, he's obviously very good at, at darshaning things. So was Rabbi Akiva's drusha like so, so deep and so profound that Shimon Amsuni would not be able to come up? I could say that. It's a big deal. Why did he scrap his whole project when he said these famous words, Kashem Shekibalti Sarla Drisha, Kafakabal Sarla Prisha, the same one that I was Makabal Star for darshning all these S's, I'm going to get Star for being Pirish from my Joshus. Say, darshan it, what's the big deal? So he says like this He says that Shimon Amsuni was petrified, he had such Yerushamayim, that he was petrified of darshning that Pasuk that way. Because it's, how do you darshan anything compared to the Rabbi Shalom? As Hashem looked at you, you have to fear God. What does the word S mean? What do I do with the word S? The Rabbi Samir Chachamim, you know, Talmud Chacham is, is a big thing, but God? Talmud Chacham, God? How do you put them on the same scale? And so he had such Yerushamayim that because of that, he completely 
ditched his project, and I'm not doing it. I could fudge it. I could say, you know, I can't do it. I'm not doing it. I will easier give up my entire life's work than making a false shot in the Tyra, or one that I can't live with myself about. He had such intellectual honesty. They were so great, the Gedalim, back then. When Rabbi Akiva saw that Yerushalayim of Shimon Sunni, he said, ah, it was Shimon Sunni that was the inspiration for Rabbi Akiva to be able to have the courage to dash in the Pasuk that way. If there could be a Yid that's so in awe of the Rabbi Shalom that he's willing to give up his maybe decades and decades of his life the mysterious nefesh of darshing this entire tire. Imagine he comes home and tells his wife, you know, after Shiatta Nebuch, you know, support him for 30 years in Kailo and she's going and taking the subway every single day, waiting for that day that the, that a safe would finally be published. And he's almost at the finish line, he said, and she says, how's the safe we're going? Did you come to the art show call yet? Like what's, you know, what, what's going on? He says, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you. I, it, 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 I killed it. You killed what? I'm not doing the safer. You're not doing this. What do you mean not doing the safer? I've 30 years of my life and disappointing you, right? The safer. No, I'm out. Okay, that rhymes, but honey, get back to work. When Rabbi Akiva saw the Yerushalayim that went in to Shimonam Sunni, he says, I am not afraid to darshan Esler Abba Tamilachacham. That's a Tamilachacham. That's godly. Rabbi Akiva was very similar to Shimon Sunni. Rabbi Akiva also gave up his entire life to darshan these tagin on the Torah. And how did that make Meshur Rabbeinu feel? Amar Lefana Rebbeinu Harayli. I want to see that Rabbi Akiva, says Meshur Rabbeinu on Har Sinai. So, they went into like a, a time capsule in the future. So he was catapulted into the future, Maisha Abenu, and he was now in the base medrash of Rabbi Akiva. And in the base medrash of Rabbi Akiva, you'd think that they'd give Maisha Abenu a seat on the Mizrach land, they would give him a nice cushy chair up front. They put him eight rows in back, like in the, in the nosebleed section of the base Madrash. And Meshra Abenu was watching the shear unfold. He had no idea what Rabbi Akiva was talking about in his drusha. Can you imagine Meshra Abenu? Meshra Abenu was the Rabban Shal Yisrael. He was the one that was Makabal, the Messiah, Taira from Sinai, Meshra Abenos Tairas Meshra, Zikru Tairas, it's Meshra Abenos Taira. And imagine now he's sitting in Rabbi Akiva's base Madrash, and he sits and he's listening to Shir, and he has no idea what's going on in Shir. Now, I know that happens maybe to a lot of us, but we're not Meshra Abenu. Meshra Abenu is like, what did he say? What, what was that Trasho? It was like, whoa, right over Meshra Abenu's head. It's a Gemara. This is not, this is not a, this is, this is, this is real. Tashash Kaychai. Understandably, Meshra Abenu felt really bad. Felt bad. What, what's going on? How, how, how is such a thing possible? They're saying Taira, and I have no Shaykhs to it. Kivan Shigiel Dover Echad, Amrulay Talmida, Rabbi Minayimach. They got to a certain sugya, and the ta- Talmud says, Rabbi, how do you, Rabbi Kiva, how do you know this? Where'd you get this from? Where'd you get this Kiddush from? Amr lahen, halacha l'meisha misinai. Oh, this I know, halacha l'meisha misinai. As soon as Meisha Rabbeinu heard this, this yashva daita, felt better. Meisha Rabbeinu felt a little better. Please, Chachin, I'm still, they're quoting me in the base Medrash, they're still attributing something to me. Because this Tyra, like it seems to be, you know, it's out of my hands. I don't know, I don't, I don't have a grasp of the whole Tyra. I don't know what, what Rabbi Kiva's asking over here. That's a, it's a very interesting Gemara. 
But the obvious question on this Gemara is that if what we started out saying this morning and all the Marmachimists that we brought from the Grah and the first Rashi and Chumash and Mayan Shemitah Sinai, if everything was given to Meshav Rabbeinu and Har Sinai, Teresh Bechsab, Teresh Bechsab, Halacha Goda, Kol Masha Talmud, Vosik Asad Lechadish, everything that a Talmud's going to say, well, guess what? Rabbi Akiva was a Talmud of Meshav Rabbeinu, the Talmud of Rabbi Akiva was a Talmud, and Meshav Rabbeinu didn't know what was going on. So did Meshav Rabbeinu, yeah, know the entirety of Torah at Har Sinai? Or did he not know the entirety of Tyre? It's a very obvious question. And unfortunately, it's not my question, it's the Arachayim HaKadosh's question. And the Arachayim HaKadosh says a very fundamental aside in order to explain this. And he says it's true that everything in the Tyre was given to Mesha. That's true. Everything was given to Mesha Abenu. But... Moshe Rabbeinu gave to HaKadosh Baruch gave to Moshe Rabbeinu Torah Shebechsav and Torah Shebaapeh but he didn't tell Moshe and we have to be very careful and understand this that's why I'm saying it very slowly I want to get it right he did not tell Moshe Rabbeinu everything that was given to him in the Torah Shebaapeh where it's rooted in the Torah meaning Moshe Rabbeinu, let's say, got everything in Torah Shabbat Sav. And he got everything in Torah Shabbat Pet. So let's say, I don't know exactly what it was given to him and what form it was given, but let's say he got a Chumash, and he got a Rambam, and he got Shulchan Aruch, and he got uh, all of everything that we have, but it's all, it was all in like informational form. Now, where you get the information, where Teresh Peh was sourced from in the Teresh Sab, which everything in the Teresh Peh comes from Teresh Sab. Nothing is, is, is separate. It's not two Teres, it's one Tera. In fact, there are many Mepharshim that their entire Svarim was built on trying to show the, the connection between Teresh Sab and Teresh Peh. If you look at Lamashal the Gra, the Gra's Taira is all rooted in, in figuring out the Derech Remez, the Derech Gematrius, the Derech Taimei Taira. Brilliant ideas in seeing where in Tarisha Bechsav is something from Tarisha Bapeh found. There's, the Maldim does this, the Alshech does this, the Taira does this. They try to find where, how do you know in Tarisha Bechsav? All that's derived in Torah Shabbat. Everything is marumas. It might be an extra word. It might be why the Torah used it, used the diktuk this way. Why the extra ice? Why the why the form of, of the Torah? The Meshachachma does this beautifully. Where does Torah Shabbat get things from? The Torah Shabbat. With that assumption, that true assumption that everything stems from Torah Shabbat. How that Meshachavenu was not given. Meshachavenu was just given the rough data of Torah Shabbat. But how to plug that data into Torah Shabbat Sav, whether it's the Yud Gimel Midrash Atar Midrash or whether it's the all the other Chaseris, Yiseris, Drushes, Gematrius, Said, Remez, all these things, that was not given, says Arachayim HaKadosh, to Meish Rabbein and Arsina. That is our job, to try to figure out those types of Drushes. And that is what Meish Rabbein did not understand in Rabbi Akiva's shir. That was not part of the package that he was given at Arsinai. Rabbi Akiva was darshing Teresh and trying to explain how Teresh is rooted in Teresh Shabbat That was something that Meish Rabbeinu was not necessarily given. And that's our job to try to develop. Somebody asked me, I gave this shir this week to alumni, and somebody asked me a very basic question. And that is that if everything was given to Meshur Rabbeinu and Har Sinai so clearly, so how could there be machleksin in Klal Yisrael? Meaning, how do you understand the machleks? Everything was given clearly, clearly to Meshur Rabbeinu as mamish like a kitzur shulchan aruch. So how do how do we understand all the machleks in Taira? And there's a pachad Yitzchak really that speaks about this. And it's really previously there's a. 
we know that there's a concept of Eilu Eilu Diverlekim Chayim. That if Beishamei says one thing, Beisol says another thing, both of them are Hakrishvarku's word. There's a ritva in Erevin and Afyud Gimel that brings from the Chachmei Sarfas that he says that there's Shivim Panim La The Taira has many different facets, many different angles and, and layers. It's like an onion that you could peel infinitely and there's more and more depth to it that we don't understand. But it's not just that the Torah has one. The Torah is not a Kitzvah Shulchan Aruch. It was never designed to be a Kitzvah Shulchan Aruch that everything is clear and there's no question. The Torah has many facets to it. Rav Hotner says that it's not just that. It's not just that, you know, there's machleks in the Torah. The more machlekes there is in the Torah, the more, quote-unquote, fogginess that there is about what really is the true Tavar Hashem, that's a reboy of Tyra. We don't look at Machlech as saying Nebuch, you know, Beisham Beisil, they have to argue about uh, the carbon Chagiga, whether it's brought on Yantiv or not brought, and it, it Bepomashal Yavan during the times of the Greeks, that's when the Messiah started to get a little gray and we started forgetting. No, we look at that as a, that's a tragedy. We should probably, you know, tear Kriya and Rava Belos for such a terrible event in Jewish history when we lost that clarity of the Tyra, the Messiah. He says that the machleks in, in Kla Yisrael was a rebuy of Torah. The Torah was magnified by machleks. What do we do all day in Yeshiva? A machleks, Abayin Rabba, machleks, Hill of Shammai, machleks, Rashi and Taisus, Aram and Arayved, Akhtais and Nesivas, Arabochanan and Arabach Ber. We thrive on machlekes. We live on machlekes. Sounds funny. But isn't that really what Lumdus is? Isn't Lumdus trying to understand in the kudos of machlekes what is the, what's the source for the machlekes? How does each mefarish understand it differently? I once saw something when I was a kid that made such a powerful reishim on me. The Chavitz Chaim was once... Um, never did that. Um, the Chavitz Chaim was once learning with his nephew... Reb David Leibowitz. Reb David Leibowitz was the Rashiva, the founding Rashiva of Chavetz Chaim Yeshiva. And he was, uh, Reb David Leibowitz was a nephew of the Chavetz Chaim. Reb Leibowitz was Nifter relatively young. And his son, Reb Hanach Leibowitz, who was the Rashiva of Chavetz Chaim for many, many years. And uh, he was Nifter several years ago, but he was a very, was amazing Rashiva. He was a son of Reb David Leibowitz. Reb David Leibowitz himself was a Talmud of Slabotka. And he was a, a nephew of the Chavetz Chaim. They used to learn the Chavrusa. So Rabbi David said once a conversation that he had with the Chavetz Chaim. Listen, it's a Mary de Gavart. The Chavetz Chaim says, says like this. It took two sized farm, one was bigger, one was smaller. And he says, this is the Havamina of a Gemara. Of a Gemara. A Gemara has a Havamina and a Maskana. Havamina and Maskana. Kasha Teretz. He says, this is the Havamina in the Gemara. And this is the maskana of the Gemara. He says, you know what learning is? Learning is trying to understand the gap that exists between a havamina and a maskana. That's what learning is all about. That's what we spend time doing. Now, in a regular, if it's a kitzah shachana, there's no havamina and maskana. It's all, it's all clear. When we have machloksin throughout the throughout Klal history. That's not a breach in the Messiah. That's Tyra. Tyra is Machlaikas. Tyra is the reboy of Deus. The different opinions of Rishayim, of Achrayim, of Tanam, of Amirayim. All those differences, that's what Tyra is. And the more Machlaikas there is, Hareza Meshubach, that means that Tyra is proliferating. All of this was given to Meshach Abed and Hasina. Now, not necessarily in the format that we have it. How to plug everything back in the Torah Shavach Sab, all the Midas of the Torah and Judges, we don't know exactly what Meshavin got and didn't get, but we do know that whatever, everything that we have today, all the Svarim that we have, all that was given, all of those sources, those facts, was given to Meshavin and Harsina. That's the way it is. Machlaikis is a wonderful thing. Machlaikis is what we. It's not a tabula, you know, uh, some people are like, I'm and they have this attitude like, I'll always find an opinion of a rabbi that will agree with me. 
Whatever I need to do, there's always uh, there's, everything's a machlekes. So I'll just I'll be makeful with everything because there's always going to be a rabbi that says one thing that I like to hear. So I'll go with the, I'll, I'll rabbi shop. There's a, a story that's told about uh, one of my favorite stories. Reb Shlomo Zalman Arbach's son, Reb Azriel, I believe, was married to Rebel Yash, one of Reb Yashiv's daughters. That was quite a shidduch, right? Rebel Yashiv and Reb Shlomo Zalman were mechutanim. And one day, this daughter of Rebel Yashiv goes into a, an eyeglass store because she wanted to get a pair of eyeglasses. So the the doctor, the optician in that store didn't know who she was. She was, I'm a, you know, you're a Xiaomi girl, whatever, coming into an eyeglass store. And she sa- he says, um, what are you looking for? He says, she says, I need a pair of, I need a pair of, uh, you know, regular glasses and I need a, a pair of sunglasses. He says, okay, I'm happy to sell it to you, but you should just know that there's a new invention that came out back in the day. It's called photogray lenses, that you have a regular pair of glasses like I'm wearing, and then if you go out in the sun, it suddenly turns into sunglasses. The sun has, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool invention. So, he says, why don't you consider that? That way you don't have to spend double the money. You could just have one pair of glasses, and it's when you go out in the sun, you need, the, you need it to darken, it darkens. So, there's machlekes between Rav Shlomo Zalman and Rav Yashiv whether you could wear such photogray lenses on Shabbos, whether it's Seveya or it's not Seveya, whatever it was. I don't, and I don't know which Rav Shlomo Zalman and Rav Yashiv, I don't know which one said which, but she knew that there was a machlekes between her father and her father-in-law. And remember, this optician did not know who this woman was. So she says, I don't know if I want to get the photogray lenses. And well, why not? So she says, because... My father holds that I can use them on Shabbos. My father-in-law says that I shouldn't use them on Shabbos. So I don't know what to do. I don't want to get into machlei. I just, you know, just get two pairs. He says, woman, lady, your father says one thing, your father-in-law says another thing. Go ask a Pesach. What are you asking your father, your father-in-law? But go get back in a Pesach. Go ask a Pesach what he thinks. That's a joke. I mean, it was a true, but it was designed to, to make you smile. Um, so that is the, that's the point of Tyra. Tyra is a machlaikis. Yeah, Rabbi Yashu says one thing, does that mean that, I, I don't know, my, my amuna is getting shaken in the Tyra because how could different rabbis say different things? All of that, Rabbi Yashu's shita about photogray lens and Rabbi Yashu's shita, that was given to Maishra Ben Arasina, that was also part of the Tyra. Everything that we have is Tyra Menashamayim. What separates us as Bnei Taira, us as, the, as a Taira community, us as Klal Yisrael, from the other Machinists in Klal Yisrael, is this Yisrael. We're all Jewish. We all keep many of the same mitzvahs, near and dear. We, every Yid, I think, Timat keeps uh, Pesach say the mattress on Seder night. I don't know if that's told true. When I was growing up as a kid, it was unheard of for a Jew not to have a Seder. Whether you're affiliated, not affiliated, it was unheard of for a Jew not to go to Shul on Yom Kippur and to fast. Even the famous Sandy Koufax was a person that I think, you know, his I think is great, even though I don't know how observant he was. But he made such a Kiddush Hashem that was heard around the world when he refused to pitch on a World Series that was held in Yom Kippur was like a Kiddush Hashem that was Ayam Minaira. People kept these things. So what really separates us from our brethren? They're our brothers. We love them. We want them to come back. But it's really this Yisai, this Shmuz is not just a peripheral fact and it's good to know, okay, thanks to Tyrus Misinai. This is what defines us as a nation. What defines us as a nation is this very belief that everything that we have is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Meshach Rabbeinu. This is not a, a series of laws that the rabbis, you know, designed. The rabbis, these authorities, these, uh, you know, Taliban rabbis came up with terrible things to, you know, to make our lives crazy. Everything that we have is from the Torah, the Takhanis and the Minhagim and everything was all rooted in our Sinai. It's true that some of it came about through the Chachmei HaTorah, Darshning Sukkim in certain ways, Understanding Torah in certain ways, making takanis, making gedar, making mitzvahs to It's true, 
but it wasn't something that was extra Sinai. It was all part of Sinai. It was all part of the chilek of Tyrus Meisha. Is that all of the terror that we have nowadays was Nasuna Lameisha Abeno Bar Sinai. People, not everybody believed. We grew up believing it, so we believe it. But there are many people that simply do not believe this. They simply do not believe that Tyrus Menashemayim. I don't know why they keep it then. I have no idea why they fast the Yom Kippur if there is not Menashe. It's like a man-made thing. What are you doing? Manashaf. I'm a traditional Jew. I eat, you know, I eat matzahs and I eat Why? Why would you do that? Unless you believe that it was given to the Rabbinic Shalom. So why, why, what? Because your grandparents ate, ate kishka. You have to eat kishka. Like, what, what, why? We believe that everything is Menashe that Tyre is Menashe and because Tehra's Menashe it infuses everything that we do with Kedusha. And you have to believe this. This is something that if you don't believe it, then you're not in the Machina of Yisrael. It doesn't mean to say we have to be, keep everything perfect. We're not robots and we're, we're human. But at least we have to understand and believe that Tehra's Menashe And the more that we believe that, the more we will want to learn, the more we'll understand how loyal we have to be to the Torah because the Torah is not some rabbinic you know, text that it was, it was divine it was all from the rabbinic time that's what Shavuos is all about Shavuos is a time that we understand that whatever we're doing the Torah that we're learning day and night the mitzvahs that we're keeping day and night all of the Anhagas the Minhagim the Takanas the Gzeras all of that was given at Harsinai and Shavuos is such a major, I don't think you know, don't know what Shavuos is. They recognize Passover and, and Yom Kippur or whatever. Shavuos is one of those holidays, like, you're taking off again? Like, what's, I never heard of this one. What's this called? Uh, Shavuos, uh, Tabernacle. What's it called? Tabernacle or something. Pentecost. Pentecost. Sounds like a terrible thing, right? Pentecost. It sounds like something that, uh, sounds like a disease or something. Well, what, what's, what's, what, Pentecost? It's probably the most important yantiv in a sense, for us. Because it might not have all the, the, the exotic mitzvahs, but it has this concept of Torah minashamayim. It's we're staying up all night, we're learning Torah all night in order to fortify this emuna that gave us the entirety of Torah and Harsina. That's what Shavuos is, period. And the more that we're able to appreciate Shavuos learn on Shavuos, dance on Shavuos, sing on Shavuos, rejoice with the giving of the Torah on Shavuos, the more that that will carry us through the entire year, strong in our amuna, strong in our belief system, and with our convictions that everything that we do is because the Rabbani Shalom, HaShakitshan of Mitzvah of Itzivanu, HaKadosh himself commanded, it's not a rabbinic, not a man-made, it's HaKadosh even the Mitzvah of the Gemara says, we say that Sivanu. Even where was Hechan Sivanu? The Gemara asks in Shabbos. Gemara says a few in Leisoser. But the simple thing is that everything is with Sivanu. The Rabbanans are not. They're not saying, okay, we want to really make life difficult for those Jews. Let's. The Rabbanan are just getting everything from their Messiah from Sinai. They're not saying anything new. They're not Mechadish or anything. Everything was from Sinai. They just saw with their eyes what needed to be done at this time, and that was retroactively also from Hasinai. Everything comes from the Torah. Everything comes from the Torah, and everything is rooted in the Torah. And, and this is a very critical lesson for us to learn. Somebody once asked the Chavetz Chaim, rather, the Chavetz Chaim once asked somebody, how do you know that tomorrow morning the sun is going to rise? How do you know? So the person says, well, you know, science says that this is the way it works. And Nechavetz um, Chaim says, no. So that's not why. He says, the only reason why I know that the sun is going to rise tomorrow is because of the Pasuk in the Chumash, the Pasuk in Parshas Nayach says that after the Mabel, Yom Valayla Lo Yishpaisim. Day and night will never cease to exist. There will be day and there will be night. If not for that pasuk, all bets are off. Tomorrow morning you might wake up and it's alayis, it's nates, it's it, it's uh, you know it's chatzayis, it's shkia, and you didn't see a sun. And that wouldn't be a chiddush, says the Chabad time, because I don't know if science. 
Science is not any indicator for us. It's whatever the Torah... The Torah is really the source for all of our knowledge. Everything comes from the Torah. There's a, a, a very interesting Gemara in Gittin and Abav. The Gemara says... How do you know that bubble is Litzvayna Eretz Yisrael Kaima? How do you know that bubble is on the north of Eretz Yisrael? And it brings a pasuk in Yirmiyah, Vayayim Hashem Eli Mitzafa in Tiftachara. So the Panavich Rav asks, well, what was that Gemara's question? How do you know that that bubble is north of Eretz Yisrael? Very easy. Take out an atlas, take out a map, and look on the map where Babel is these are the Eretz Yisrael that's how you know where, where, who, who looks in the Torah and the Panamit says that if not for the fact that the Torah says that Mitzafa in Tiftach then Babel might be south of Eretz Yisrael I mean south of Eretz Yisrael the map I don't care about maps Torah is the main Kaivei in our life everything comes from the Torah the reason why I'm saying this now is because a few years ago there was a big controversy about things in Shas that, like Agadita in Shas, that seems to not really stim well, doesn't jive with modern science. But you'll find like certain animals in the Torah that have, that the Gemara says has um, claws, and under the claws there's some poison, and that's how it injects the poison into, 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 the, into its prey. And and modern science, what are you talking about? There's no, we, we know all of the animal kingdom. There's no such animal that does that. Or you'll find like these funny demurists about, I don't know, you, you know if you have a, how to get rid of an Ayanhara or how to, you know, you take some, you take a cat's tail and you burn, and you take the ashes, you put it in a, in, a, in a lead pipe and you put it in your eye and whatever. Like, and it seems like it flies in the face of modern science. And what do you do with those demurists? Is that, is that also Misenai? So the truth is that it's a very big machlekes in in great shitas and great. There are great. Rosham Shmuel Hirsch says that there are certain parts of of Agadita that you do not have to accept. That was not necessarily given at Har Sinai. You don't have to accept them. And modern science trumps those. You know, they were just taking the information of the times that they thought were you know was was modern science back then, and they were applying it, but they, you, do not, you do not have to. Rav Shamsonval Hirsch is, is a great man, and, and, and obviously if he says it, then, then that's also Chelot of Torah. But there are many, many opinions that say not that way. And they say that the Torah, in its entirety, like that Gemara that we said in Peah, Babli, Yerushalmi, all that was given at, at, at Arsina to Meshur Rabbeinu, everything comes from, from the Torah at Arsina, including all of these things. Aye, but it seems to fly in the face of modern science. So the way I was taught growing up, and I'm not saying it's the only Messiah, obviously, I just told you that there are others that hold differently, and if you hold differently, it doesn't make you an Apigaris. But the way I was personally taught was that who cares about modern science? The Torah is the source for all of our knowledge. It might sound funny, a lot of the things that the Gemaras are bringing down, but so what? Sounds funny, modern science? I'll take the Torah over modern science. Everything that we have, everything that we know comes from HaKadosh Baruch it's not, it's not coming from rabbis. The rabbis it's coming from got it as a Messiah from Sinai, And we have to take everything that Chazal says. Now it doesn't mean to say every Agadita is, is literal. To look in the Masha, you have to look in the Ben Yayada, you have to look in the Svar, and sometimes it's not literal. Sometimes it means it's an allegory for something. But at least there is a certain level of of loyalty and fealty that a person has to have to 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 everything that's found in my, every single kutzah shalyur in the Gemara is kaidish kadashim. That's our Messiah. I was once at a CMA Shas that Rav Shimon Schwab spoke at, and he was quoting his Rebbe Rabbi Rucham, and he said he held up a Gemara. He said that Rabbi Rucham used to say that there has never been a safer that's emes from cover to cover like a Gemara. 
There has never been a safer that's emes from cover to cover like a gemara. And that's what we believe. Every single word, don't say, well, you know, this I got to not comfortable with, out. This one I could accept as an allegory. The entirety of Tyre is emes. The entire Tyre Shavach Sad and Tyre Shavach was given to Moshe Rabbein and Arsinai. Period. Modern science? Modern science says that tomorrow the sun is going to rise. And hopefully it will. But not because of modern science. It's going to rise because the Torah says that it's going to rise. Bubble is in the north of Israel, not because the map says it, not because all geographers will tell you that. It's because the Torah says it. The Torah is the source of emes for us. And if the Torah says it, it's emes. If the Torah does not say it, we don't know. That's our Messiah. Everything that we have is from Sinai. That's the truth that we live by. The truth that we live by is the Shulchan Aruch, the, the Paiskim, the Darshanim, the Chachmei Torah. but that all came, that all came from our Sinai. When I was learning in Kol Torah, and we'll end with this, there was a very, very, very hush of a guy that used to sit in the basement and learn. His name was Ephraim Brodiansky. He was a very old man. He was Nifter like a year after the story that I'm telling you. He was, just to give you an idea of how brilliant he was, he was the head editor, the chief editor of the Talmud, uh, of the Encyclopedia Talmudis. Encyclopedia Talmudis are those yellow swarms we have in the back of the Mishmanish over there. And it's not, they're not even done. They've been working on it for maybe 50 years or something. And there's a special institute in Eretz Israel just to produce this. And I don't know what letter they're up to, but they're, I don't know if they're halfway through it. And, and it has every single sugya and every single concept throughout Shas and all the Maramakaimis. From Rishayim to Achrayim and everything in between. And, um, and he was the editor-in-chief. To be the editor-in-chief of the Encyclopedia, that means you, you know everything, basically. You're a computer. And so he used to sit around, and he's not... He also happens to be of Shlomazam's Machutin as well. His son-in-law, his son was Rav Yitzhak Yeruchim Brodiansky. He was one of Rav Shlomazam's sons-in-law. And he was the Mashkech in Kaltaira at the time. Anyway, so I was working during those times. I was working on Zmanim. I, I was very interested at the time in, in Zmanim and figuring out all of the Shittas in the Zmanim and, and you know, all, all of the, the sun and the moon and the, and the way everything works in the Bria and how Zmanim are determined. And, you know, we know that there is a famous disagreement, historical disagreement, whether or not the earth goes around the sun or the sun goes around the earth. And modern science, you know, you go into any classroom, any fifth grade classroom, and they have the whole thing. And the sun, heliocentrism, that, that was a chiddush that came about, you know, in the Middle Ages, and it was a big controversy. The church was very against this, and the church always darshaned that the earth was a center, and they, they you know, wanted to kill, I think it was Copernicus that came up with this chiddush, and he had to retract at the end and recant his shita. But that was, but modern science today, Everybody, that the that the sun is the center of of, of the universe, of the of all of the orbits taking place. The, the, we go around the sun; sun doesn't go around us, and and that's basically the way it's taught. If you if you answer on the regions the other way, you get it wrong. And and I was asking Rabbi just based on certain Marmakimis or whatever. The psukim clearly indicate that. You know, the sun is going around us. Now you could say that that's just the way it appears, and that's how some of Farshim explained it, that it just appears to us that the sun is going from east, but we're really going around, you know, we're, we're the ones that are moving, not the sun. But, and I asked the Yerukha, like, how do we, like, rec- how do we reconcile, you know, modern science? I, I, was, I was, like, taking it as a Dover Pashat that, that we're going around the sun, because everybody knows that that's true. And, and I said to him, like, how do we, like, what do we do with all these maramakimists that seem to indicate the opposite? And he looks at me like, I just landed from, from the sun. Like, he said, like, um, who, who told you this? Where, where did you get this, that, 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 the, uh, that the, the sun is the center? He says, we're the center. I said, 
everybody else like you know everybody knows like you go into the classrooms and every he said I don't know what you're talking about said, I believe that the sun that, that we are the center of the universe we are the center and the sun everything is moving around around us but we're the it's it's it's, it's geocentrism and I was like really? he said yeah so that's what he believes I'm not saying that, that everybody agrees with that. Every even even you know Gedali Yisrael. I'm not sure what they hold, but it was just so interesting to see that just because modern science insists that something is true, and if you would say go into any college in the world and say the opposite, they would they would laugh at you. They would throw tomatoes at you. But that doesn't mean that we have to automatically like walk in lockstep with modern science. And if I sound like I'm Amish, so too bad. That's but that's that's. The Torah is the main kaveya for us. If there's something in Agada that sounds like it goes opposite of modern science, too bad in modern science. Modern science comes and goes. Modern science changes. The Torah is kayim by medislab. Shavuos is a zman of matan Torah. It's not just that we get, we got the Torah and we get cheesecake. Shavuos is a zman that we double down on this belief that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave everything, the Halachas, the Agadis, Teresh Vachsav, Teresh Vapeh, Kalmasha, Talmud, Vasek, Asad, L'chadish, L'pnei Rabbi, all of that was given to Meshe Rabbeinu at Har Sinai, everything. And because of that, whatever we do, every Halacha, every Minig has to be so Chaviv to us, because it all stems from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Ratzin, B'tzivanu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a Ratzin that we do this, and if we understand that Torah is then that infuses our entire life with purpose, with divine holiness. And if Chas we ever start getting misupik in our belief system and, and moving over to another machana and questioning, and that will Chas affect our entire daily routine because, I don't know, why, why am I doing this? Why am I, if it's not Menashemayim, so... So why should I talk to listen to some mere mortals who tell me what to do? But it's not that. Everything that we have is straight from the Rabbani Shalom. Ma'in yun shmita yitzvah sinai. Parshas Pahar is a great haktama to I'm sure it's not coincidental. It teaches us that just like shmita, which we agree is divine, was given to chlao b'frat at Harsinai, so every single mitzvah that we do in the Torah on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a minutely basis, everything was because HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us to do it. The Heichan Sivanu. Hashem, we should all be mechazik our amuna on this. And we should be zeichet to the mechavo of the Torah